right. You're good to go? Good to go. Excellent. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Talk to Danielle podcast. I am your host, Danielle C. Baker. And before we get started with today's guest, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to whichever channel you're listening or watching from. And of course, as you all know now, I have an amazing guest coming on. All of my guests are amazing, but I'm really excited to have uh, this today's guest on because I uh, love the work he does. Uh, we need to see more of that out there. We need to have these co- more of these conversations out there, and I'm really excited to have of Dr. Gino Colora. Sorry, I missed it. No, that was perfect. You did great. Okay, great. Because I forgot. I, I use this. I don't use this as an as an excuse, but I am French, and sometimes some of the, the words I. Uh, I kind of get uh, self-conscious about it, but thank you so much for, for joining us. I'm really excited to have you on. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got to where you are today? Absolutely. So first and foremost, thank you so much for having me. Um, I have enjoyed our conversation so much up to this point, and I'm really looking forward to taking a deep dive today. So i um, very grateful for that. Uh, so, so a little bit about myself. So long or the short, <laughs> I, um, I am a behavioral scientist, right? So what does that mean? That means that I take a deep dive into, into pressing issues of what is going on with human behavior, what is going on in the brain, what is going on in society and culture that influences the brain and the quality and depth of interactions that we have with each other, right? Because at the end of the day, quality of life with those that we love the most and those that we interact with really, really matters, right? So I do a ton of work in the relationship space uh, between two folks that are in a committed relationship, whether it's a marriage or just a serious relationship. I also do a lot of work in the resiliency space um, and and privileged to work with folks um, here in the U.S. military. And I've started to have conversations with folks actually up in the Canadian military. So um, very excited to continue to push that work forward. And, and that, you know, on the resiliency side, it has everything to do with how do you overcome adversity? How do you push through, right? And that's something that applies to every single one of us, veteran, military member or not. It doesn't matter. Life is life's a battle, right? Life's a fight. And you have yeah. to have the right skill set, the right mindset to push through and be happy doing it. So <clears throat> My doctorate degree is in a discipline that's called neuroanthropology. So it's neuroscience mixed with medical and cultural anthropology with a heavy seasoning of psychiatry and psychology uh, involved in it as well. But it's definitely a little bit different flavor of what you would uh, get from a clinical psychology program. There's a, a few other elements that get poured into it. So I am born and raised Tampa, Florida. I've been a Florida boy minus a, a three year stint that I lived abroad. And um, I've got a lovely wife, I've got a two-year-old daughter, and I have another daughter on the way who will be here in about two and a half months. So we're very, very excited about that. That's nice, busy, (laughs) very busy. very. I love that. And I love the field that you're in, especially with behavioral sciences. When you start uh, studying that, uh, it's just so fascinating because there's there's so much. And with that little flavor that you were talking about, that's even more interesting. And uh, that's why I mentioned earlier as well, for those who are listening, when I said this conversations that we need to have, I mean, I grew up and my mom was in the army and I have a lot of family and friends that uh, live the army life. So just uh, 
in relationships themselves. When uh, somebody is deployed, uh, there is quite a lot going on and there's a nice support systems and that. So I, I like the fact that you address that and, you know, work with, uh, with, with that and, uh, and everybody else, but especially for that. Uh, is there a, a defining moment you would say that you said, okay, this is, this is really where I want to focus with, uh, with what I do? Absolutely. Um, so the, the time that I lived abroad, I lived in South America, specifically Colombia, South America. And I, I was doing some work with folks in the Colombian military at the time. And, and I will never forget this moment. So I'm sitting at a bar um, down there in the city I lived in was called Cartagena. And I'm sitting at a bar with a friend of mine who was in the Colombian military. And we're talking and, and he's telling me about what's going on in his world. And I'm telling about what's going on in my world. And anyways, long of the short we start talking about trauma and we start talking about PTSD, right? And I will never, ever forget. We get into this deep, deep conversation about stress, combative stress, that, that dislocation from, from your family addiction, right? And, and he says, and he tells me something, he goes, you know, how you all define and label PTSD in the United States, it's very, very clinical, right? For, for mm-hmm. us, for, my, for me and my guys specifically, it is a spiritual experience. And the reason why I say it's a spiritual experience is because here, what you call PTSD, we call demonios de guerra, right? Which is demons of war, right? But the thing about it is, because all of us experience it and it's, um, you know, the insomnia, the, the anxiety, the hypervigilance, not being able to blend in socially uh, and just feeling like, what's my sense of purpose after going through that kind of trauma? Because what works for us is every single week, we never, never miss a beat in going to church and going to confession. Because at that point for us, what it means as far as that trauma, that loss, that stress, it means that we are being possessed by people that we have either lost in the battlefield or people whose lives that we've taken. So pretty like deep, like super deep stuff, right? Wow. And yeah. I was floored because he goes, you know, every Sunday when I walk out of church, I feel great. I'm fine. And then I go throughout my week and I'm fine. But he goes, but when I miss going through that ritual, I do not have the capacity and the ability to operate the same way. I have got to consistently do that. And for my belief system, giving it to a higher power gets rid of it. Where for you guys, you want to figure it out on your own, right? And so mm-hmm. it doesn't mean one way is right, one way is wrong. It's just different. But at that moment, I knew, I'm like, my goodness, here's a person that, is a man, is a human being just like I am, right? And how it is that I have a, I already had some training in the behavioral sciences, but not uh, not really full-fledged. Right. The, the, the decision-making process of belief, the decision-making process of understanding how to push through something, it's not a one-stop shop. It is very complex. It's very complicated. And a huge thing there is, it really truly does start with how well does the individual know themselves? How well have they achieved self-mastery? And you're, we're not taught that in schools. Like it's not, there's no mandatory class, right? For, for children in high school or, or adults for that matter, that really pushes the envelope, right? To unpack the inner stuff inside to really make sense of it. So you can have a deeper understanding of how to deal with life's adversities. So of course that kind of graduated into really taking another dive into relationships, right? Because that's, that's one of the most important things as far as the relationship you have with your significant other, you build a family with them and so on and so forth and identifying, well, how does that, the belief side of it play into that, the expectations, the values, right? The communication, the listening, all that goes into it, but it's all interconnected. And we, unfortunately, 
have a tendency to want to silo when in reality you can't, Yeah, you can't. Right. Right. Oh, I love that you said that. And this is why I love having these conversations because you mentioned how it's viewed in North America versus other places, especially with PTSD and trauma. And um, I've done, I do some work with uh, my clients as well. And I had the privilege to work with some indigenous people up here and it was the same thing for them. It's a, it's a spiritual thing. It's not a clinical thing. I mean, and I, I came back, you know, coming back from books and, and theories uh, on, on PTSD 100%. and then the knowledge, you know, like you're, you're coming in with the institution and, and that doesn't work when you come into the spiritual world. So yeah. it's, it's working with those, those, those rituals. And it, it, it was uh, eye opening in that sense. And uh, it's, it's something it's incredible. And that's why I love talking about things like that. A lot of people don't like to talk about it because they get uncomfortable. Uh, but the more you talk about it, the more you realize that you're going through the same things uh, in your own way, depending on what your your situation was. But you mentioned school because we've talked about this before when we first met, uh, yeah. how this isn't taught, how to manage a relationship or how to, how to deal with the realities of yes. being in a partnership. And it doesn't have to be um, like a romantic relationship in any relationships, whether it's business or, or, or family uh, what do you think from your experience what basic knowledge should we be teaching students yeah. at school to be ready for this when they when they're out there on their own absolutely you know i think one of the biggest things that comes to mind first and foremost is having and garnering the skill set to recognize your own blind spots right mm -hmm. the area which you know that you have experienced certain levels of deprivation, right? Which all of us have levels of deprivation one way or the other. But to, to understand that, listen, we're not going to be able to achieve complete objectivity. It's impossible. We're not machines. But to strive for this idea, let me take a step outside the box that I'm currently in. And let me understand how this other person is viewing me. Because at the end of the day, I am saying what I want to say. But if I really want to move the needle and grow in this relationship, I have to understand how they're interpreting what I'm saying, right? And that goes a lot, has a lot to do with the tone, the word choice, the body language, everything. And so I, I think if there was an initial seed that could be planted, right, to understand and to teach young folks, listen, at the end of the day, you're not perfect, right? And we all say that very cliche, but truly let's embody what that means, right? Because especially mm -hmm. when you're passionate when it comes to a certain point. It could be a business relationship and what you feel is right versus what your partner feels is right is different. Well, how do you take a step back and recognize that? In a romantic relationship, take your pick, right? I mean, who's, right. who gets the side of the bed, right? What, where are we going to dinner tonight? Like, who's got the <laughs> remote control? Like, take it, right? So- um, That's right. How do you fold towels? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which yeah. actually, that has been a point of conversation between my wife and I. So- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. but you know, it, it's, I think that's a really, really important element. I think another thing too, is just truly the art and science of listening. Do you understand what it takes to be an engaged and interactive and productive listener? Because again, the rate at which information travels nowadays, right? The, the rate in which the brain and a first world modern quote unquote nation, the, the, the way in which information is pushed down the, like the throat of folks. Oh my goodness. It's constant stimuli, constant stimuli. Yeah. So the ability to stop and take a step back, slow down, right? And really understand. Don't just do, but understand why. You know, one of the things that gets me the most Danielle is, is there's this saying, right? Especially amongst folks that are, are in the business world and it's fake it till you make it. Right. Yeah. I think all of us have heard a variation of that. 
and I talk about this in my book, it, it, it irks me. And it irks me because I can absolutely understand projecting what I want life to look like. And I'm going to work towards that. But to buy into this idea that I'm going to be something that I'm not yet in relationships with folks that I have, you're selling yourself short because it's not authentic. I can appreciate with where you want to go, but nothing, nothing really creates a playing field in relationships than just being raw and be honest and be truthful about where you're at. And more importantly, why you're there. And, and that's, that's really, that's where self-mastery goes in because so many folks don't understand why, why they're at where they're at. They, they don't know. They don't know. Yeah, no, and you're right. And that's not easy to do. To source, oh. We're taught we're taught to wear masks to be, you know, yes. who we're supposed to be. But that's to right. take them off and, and to be real and raw, that's that's the scariest thing. <laughs> you're so very, vulnerable. Very. Yes. And, uh, so yeah, so that's there's some work to be done there to be able to prepare people for, for that and to be more authentic and to that's have it truer relationships. I love that. You mentioned you do some work with military. Can you can you give us a little bit more information on how you work with the military kids for those who, uh, who may be interested? So I, I do quite a bit of work with the United States Army Special Operations uh, folks. And, and the work that I do there is really revolved around a, a few different things. So relationship management, right? Not just the relationships they have at home, but also the relationships they have amongst their peers, right? And also mm-hmm. when operating in other nations. Um, the 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 rapport building process, what goes into that when you are dealing with different types of cultures, right? With different types of value systems, with different understandings and perceptions of the world and really creating a base on that. Look, we're different, but we're not that different, right? And you mm-hmm. just have to find where that middle ground is, right? And that's the same thing in personal relationships. You know, the, the, the whole thing about Mars, women are from Venus, men are from Mars. And yes and no, right? It, it, it's, it's, it's not quite, there's not that much of a separation if you're willing to put the work in to understand where the other person is coming from, right? And so right. It, it's, it's a lot of that. And then also the resiliency piece, right? How is it that you can continue to make strong deposits and who you are as an individual to deal with life's adversities, no matter what they are? Because, you know, a huge challenge in general that comes into play, um, especially amongst folks in the military, is the transition back into civilian life, right? Like, like yeah, I have this identity. I have all these different accolades that have given me validation and all this incredible rapport and camaraderie. And then I come back into civilian society, and it's a nine to five, yeah. Monday through Friday, and I don't really connect with my coworkers, and I miss the adrenaline, I miss the adventure of, of of being out there and doing things, and know that I was making a difference and helping people is very difficult, right? And mm. so there, there are certain recipes that we bring to the table to help with that transition. So between the resiliency piece, the transition piece, and the relationship piece, again, they're all three interconnected. They all three feed off of one another in a big way. Yeah, that's a, a yeah. I could talk to you about this all day. <laughs> Just like, it's so interesting. It does have an impact. I know we're specifically uh, speaking about military right now, but for anybody who has a, a job that's kind of outside of the norm, the, the rat race, I guess I would say, yeah, it's coming back and some people come back and they have to pretend that whatever they did out there never happened. So it's, it's even harder for them to, to integrate. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what's yeah. fascinating? Uh, tuning is is uh, to your point f- folks that have jobs that that 
are not the quote unquote norm. So I'll give you an example. First responders, the yeah. amount of stress and trauma that they deal with on a daily basis, but then they're not deployed out for nine months. They come home every night. Right. Exactly. And then that's a whole different thing. Right. And, yeah. and how to manage the normalcy of that. Yeah. Right. So, but it does it absolutely applies um, to many facets of the civilian world without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Is there anything that you could, uh, kind of like tips or, or wisdom or things that uh, one or two things that people could start doing today to improve their relationships at home. That was some kind of advice that you usually work with your, uh, with your crew. So there's two things when, and I, cause I do a lot of coaching um, with folks uh-huh. on the personal side um, and the commercial side, but there's, it doesn't matter. Personal profile doesn't matter where I start with them always is <clears throat> before we sit down and before we have our first conversation, I want you to write your personal constitution, right? So I want mm-hmm. you to sit in a room by yourself. I don't want you to type it. I don't want any music in the background. It's be completely still and silent with yourself and give yourself 30 minutes, whether you're done in the first five minutes or not, doesn't matter. You're going to give yourself 30 minutes, have the discipline to carve that out and write your constitution. And then you're going to walk away from it. Give it a couple of days. <laughs> then in two or three days, you're going to sit down again. And I want you to write your eulogy. You're no longer here. Oh, wow. right? What does that eulogy say? Same thing. Give yourself 30 minutes, write it down, pen and paper. <laughs> And then I want you to take two, those two pieces of paper, and I want you to share them with the person that means the most to you and knows you the best. And you're going to have them read it to you. And then you're going to give them a few minutes to sit back and digest what was said. And then ask for honest feedback. This is how I see me in my life. You know me better than anybody else. Is that how you see me? And that moment, right, that that exists as far as their feedback on that, it's going to be very clear to you if you're truly living day in and day out with authenticity. And look, 98, 99% of people, their spouse or their partner (laughs) comes back and they're like, I kind of see some of this, but I don't see a whole lot of that, right? And it's hard. It's like, well, what do you mean? What are you talking about, right? But it's an incredibly powerful exercise that, doesn't require, right? I mean, it's not a, a heavy lift in the sense of, you know, you, you need a, a strong infrastructure to do it. You just got to be honest. Let's be honest with yourself. Yeah. Like, let's sit down, put these words on paper. And then the person that I trust and love the most, they're going to read it and let me know if this is how they see me because they're part of carrying on that legacy, right? And they're part of, of who I am mm-hmm. day in and day. That is such a powerful tool. And, and if, if is- you it, it works very well. That is very effective. I'm uh Wow, that, that that is you can't get any yeah like you say authentic than that. It's mm. wow, I like that. I'm gonna try that. Do it. <laughs> I'm no, do it. You know, it's amazing. It's so- I have been doing it for the past twelve years, right? And if mm-hmm. I have a a small folder that has my constitution and eulogy for each year that goes by, right? And there are some things that, and naturally, you want it to change, right? As we grow, as we mature, some things are going to change. But then it's also you see what doesn't change and what doesn't change, right, are those you really start to tap into the uh, subconscious understanding, right, of what drives you every single day, because I'm not thinking about it, but it's a constant. And if it's a constant Mm -hmm. year after year after year, that is a strong mental model, right? That is a part of your identity and what defines you as a person. And if it's a good thing, awesome. If it's not, we need to challenge it, right? And we need to break model and create a new one. 
Yeah. Oh, I love that. So I've done the the one where you write down your constitution. That took me a while because I was in a, a place where uh, I was wearing so many masks, you know, pretending to be so oh, many yeah. things that I, I sat down and I couldn't even say who I was anymore. It was just like, well, this so-and-so sees me this way, oh, so, yeah. but who am I? It, it just coming back to my core values was such a challenge. So, it's exhausting, yeah, just, right? Like wearing the, yeah. that many masks yeah. and it's expected. It's something that yeah. is expected in society. And, you know, unfortunately, especially coming, after, coming out after the Industrial Revolution, when you take a look at how a lot of Western education, public education was designed, yeah. this idea of <clears throat> having mathematics over here, science over here, language arts yeah. over there, it creates compartmentalization, right? That's and right. It negates and it pulls away this idea of... How do I achieve holistic and fulfilling education that's all interconnected? Because at the end of the day, goodness gracious, when you study some of the greats, they were not just intellectuals, but they were poets and philosophers and, and artists yeah. and all these different skill sets, which goes into feeding the human condition. And we've lost that. We have lost that. And I, I have some hope because I see some of it coming back a little bit, right? <laughs> um, but within public education, there's been such a strong push to get away from that. And it's, it breaks my heart. Yeah, when you separate everything, because everything is interconnected. When you separate it, you're, right. it's dysfunctional. It doesn't work. Right. That's right. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm the first one to say this because I work in science. And this, when we went from STEM to STEAM, just yes. adding art. And so people, yes. so many people say, arts has nothing to do with this. And arts has everything to do with this. <laughs> this is where you get your creativity. And that's what the greats we're artists right. and philosophers and, and uh, yeah we could again another day of conversation yeah, right no, there, absolutely. But, <laughs> but you did mention with uh, with that as an example to write your constitution and your eulogy what are some of the transformations you've seen in the people that you work with uh, using that oh, uh, yeah. that method so it's interesting and, and i have i mean the, the gamut right so so folks that i've worked with who are veterans that were on the edge right as far as making a decision that there's no coming back from uh, and seeing their lives restored, seeing their relationships with their children restored. And it all has to do with them having a deeper understanding of themselves. Right. And, and not having ambiguity. Like, ambiguity is the biggest and the biggest thing that I say is, is a challenge of what I have to, to broach with, with folks that I work with in the sense of <laughs> we're not designed for it. Our brains are not designed to be confused. It doesn't, it doesn't like confusion. It wants to make sense of our surroundings immediately. That includes our emotions, that includes our relationships, and that includes trauma and stress. And when you don't have a, an answer for why, when you don't understand, golly, of all the things that could have happened, why did it happen to me? Why did it happen to them? And you start asking those bigger questions and you start running that cycle mm -hmm. of trying to figure it out, knowing that, look, you're not gonna figure it out. You have to leave it where it is, right? And we have to pick the pieces up and we have to move on. That is one of the biggest things. And whether that is trauma on a battlefield or trauma in the house or trauma from a divorce separate, it doesn't matter. Um, it, it, it's a lot of the same components that go into it. So from a transformation perspective, it's really um, watching folks achieve a level of self-mastery, right? And, and being able, and, it, and here's the thing, I say that lightly because you never truly achieve it, right? It's always a work in progress because you're always growing. You're always adapting. You're always changing. But do you understand why? And do you understand what the opportunity cost is? And as long as they're, they're, that clarity is there, you know what happens there is ambiguity goes down, right? Because now I have confidence. And you break down confidence, it's belief in yourself, confide, right? That is where that, that comes from. So if I have the belief that I have the skill set because I've been there, done that, I've overcome adversity, another round of it, bring it. 
I'm there, right? Mm-hmm. And whether that's relationships or that's trauma, doesn't matter. All right. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. That's really good. Um, you've you've t- talked to me about this uh, uh, before we started recording. When we first met, you have these programs that you uh, you do uh, with uh, husband strength, wife strength. Uh, can you talk to a little bit about your people are like, what is that? Can you, uh, yeah. <laughs> can you talk a little bit about those programs and what, uh, what you Absolutely. offer? Yeah. So <laughs> I have so many colleagues and friends, um, that are, are in the clinical psychology space. I, and they're amazing. I mean, they're absolutely amazing. And, and often we know we'll have coffee or lunch and we'll sit down and talk and we get into conversations, right? Because on mine, it's a bit more of coaching than it is therapy. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I asked them, you know, what are some of the big things that you're running into? Like, like why, why isn't it working with folks that you're serving, right? Because there's plenty of cases where it does work, and that's, that's wonderful. But the cases that don't, and what always has come up is consistency. So we meet once a week, have a conversation, and yeah, there's some powerful nuggets that were, are talked about, but then they go right back into the rat race of life. They don't actually pay attention to what was said to do things that are applicable every single day. And we can go back to BS Skinner and operant conditioning, right? Consistency matters, right? Repetition very much matters to create a new normal. So I'm like, yeah, what is something that can be done? And, and this day and age of technology, right? And I'm not a tech, I'm a dinosaur, by the way, when it comes to tech. But <laughs> what can be done that is that is accessible to the masses and is going to be something that every single day is going to condition them a little bit more to make them just a millimeter better, right? And, and their understanding of themselves and the understanding they have of their partner. So the idea came to mind, you know, every single person nowadays texts everyone sends text messages right whether it's it's unfortunately you know the whole app there's a lot to be said about apps but there's so many of them right and and like they begin to create a little bit of clutter on the phone so i want to even more simple than that so husband strength and wife strength they deliver text messages every single day that have messages under 160 characters that are rooted in behavioral sciences and teach people how to have certain skills, how to have, how to make their relationship successful. Right. And, but it's every single day. Right. And some of them, they're actionable items. Right. So one of the ones that went out yesterday, for example, says today's a good day to write down the top three reasons why you love your partner the most, and then put them on your refrigerator and don't say anything. Right. And mm-hmm. it's amazing. I start getting feedback from folks who are, who are subscribers are like, oh my goodness, I got home and she was so happy. And she was like, everything, it's just, we had an interaction, but it's a little thing. It's just a little thing that happens on a regular basis. Same thing for wife strength, right? Being able to have a deeper understanding of well, where's he coming from? And what are things that I can do every single day to understand that, to meet him halfway? And now if you have two people who are going through daily nuggets of conditioning over time, you start to garner a skill set. Right. And that skill set yeah. helps with therapy big time. Right. When they walk out of the therapist's office, it's OK. So we have we have our task here, but now we're going to get reminders every day about other things that we need to be considering as well. All right. And so that is <clears throat> the gist of both. It's very simple. It's very easy. Folks go to our website, they subscribe and they just start receiving the this what we call strength nuggets every single day. That's amazing. And the fact that they're working together at it, you know, you're building something together. So it's, it's wonderful. Exactly going through therapy, you, you could have some breakthroughs for that session. And then you come home and yes. you're like, okay, now what, now what, you know, that's, we're given right. homework, but it's like, how are we doing it? So this is, yeah. this is a really great, the great tool. I, uh, well, 
give some information towards the end so people can have a look at it when the, but I think it's wonderful because then you're both working together towards the same thing you want. So it's wonderful. Um, I'm going to ask something a little different than what I usually ask because that's just the way I I like to get to know people. Is there anything about you that you'd like to share? You don't have to, because I'm kind of putting you on the spot on this one, but Anything that nobody knows about you, like so something that people oh. would not know about you that you like to, to say, I, I'm, you know, I've got a skill in this that nobody knows about, or I like this or anything like that. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I'll give you a funny one and I'll give you a, a one that's a little more serious. I just don't talk about a lot. Okay. So the, the serious one, right? So when I, I, I lived and worked in Colombia, I was a bodyguard. I did executive protection work, right? So it's not okay. I, that's not something I, I talk about a lot. Um, it was for, for a short stint, but it was obviously a whole different life, right, than what I do now. Um, right. But it, it taught me so much. Like, it really did. It taught me so, so much, truly, about people um, and, and working with folks and, and, and watching the different chapters of life that people are going through, um, that would require a, a company to come in and do what it is that we used to do. So that, that's what I'm at. The second thing that's a little silly is I cannot stand clowns. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot do oh, clowns. I, I can't do it. I cannot do it. I see one oh, of those big God. red noses and big feet. I'm like, no, uh-uh. no. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. You were a bodyguard for pretty serious jobs and uh, clowns. And don't do clowns. <laughs> no, don't do clowns. Don't do it. It's funny. My wife cracked up about that one. She's like, really? really? <laughs> I don't know. I got nothing. I don't, I can't tie it back to a trauma. I, there's no, I just don't like them. I don't like them. <laughs> They just look like you shouldn't trust them. Like I know they're no, supposed thank to you. be exactly. But it's exactly. like, what, what are you hiding? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 100%. I get you. 100%. <laughs> I, no, love I, I, I love asking this question. This <laughs> yeah, stuff you wouldn't know, you, you wouldn't think about. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Not a lot yeah, of people of would want to, but yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> are you kidding me? It's th- those are the things, right, that make someone unique and different. And, and also, like, that is another thing, right, is vulnerability. Like, you, you, you've yeah. got you to gotta be okay, right, with putting the guard down and saying, look, I, I've yeah. got stuff. Like, this, this is the stuff that I got because everyone's got it. But you got to be comfortable with that. And to That's your right. point earlier, not always wear the mask of, of the bravado, right, and the ego. And not, yeah. No. Right. <laughs> yeah. And there's so much more to that question. And this is there's another question at the end that I will ask you is the body language. You mentioned that in the beginning is it's not just asking that question where somebody comes out authentic, but it's the whole reaction. The eyes yeah. light up that they, they, you know, like you, they actually feel what the oh, answer that they're about to give you. So if anybody is watching the uh, the video version of this interview, just uh, go back and have a look at Gino's uh, reaction when I <laughs> asked that question. And that's the authentic Gino right there. Yes, it is. It. Yeah. And uh <laughs> I love that because I work with children and children don't have filters. They don't really have their mask yet, depending on their, you know, the, what they've lived so far. Uh, yeah. So I, you get all sorts of reaction and it's just, it's just amazing. You know exactly where, where to work on from just their body reaction. So it's just wonderful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Now, uh, do you have any, like, do you have any, uh, you know, advice or wisdom you wish you would have known earlier in your life just to make your life easier? Is there anything you'd like to share with us on that? 
you know, so it's interesting. One of the things that when I think back and I was a, a child and a young man and um, I wish I would have understood and really been able to route, because this is one of my own personal challenges is <clears throat> I have a huge fear of not being there for those that mean the most for me when they me. Right. It's this idea of not being there. It, it, it just so I feel like I have to be everywhere <laughs> all the time. Yeah. And it's it's draining. And as I as I'm getting further into the life course, it, it, it is hard. Right. But I guess what I would say to my younger self is it's OK. It's OK to not be everywhere. Do your best. Right. Which is a very much cliche. But truly, had I really embodied that at 13, 14 years old? Um, it, it would have made a very big difference in the expectations that I set of myself and being able to reach those expectations and not go over a bridge of disappointment when those expectations didn't pan out the way that I wanted them to. And I, I felt self-admitted. I am my own biggest critic. I, I mean, I, I, I will do interviews like this, right, Danielle, and, and out, whether it's on the news or podcast, and I go back and watch, and literally, I'm sitting down with a piece of paper saying, you messed up here, you messed up here, you messed up there, right? And, it's, and I have to give all the credit in the world to my wife because she's like, you, you got to stop doing that. Like you, you can't beat yourself up so much. And it's a constant battle for me. Right. So I think if I could go back um, when I was younger and, and just have known that, look, it's OK. You don't have to be everywhere all the time and you don't need to reach for those massive expectations. And then even if you want to shoot for the yeah. stars, be comfortable with landing on the moon. Right. That It's OK. Right. And so yeah. that would be one of the biggest things, especially for folks who are highly motivated and you know, are go getters, that sort of a thing. Um, learn to pump the brake a little bit because, gosh, life, oh, it tastes so much sweeter when you do. <laughs> it really does. It really does. Yeah. That's a good one because I think a lot of people fall into that that trap of just trying to put out all the fires and just be the hero for everybody. And uh, you mentioned it. I know I'm feeling it more and more now is as you get older, the energy is just not in it anymore or the recovery time it takes longer and it's exhausting. Yeah. That's beautiful. It's, it's amazing too, Danielle, because you know, and when you look at and I and I, I tell folks this quite a bit. When you look at things that you dedicate yourself to in life, whether it's <clears throat> certain academic pursuits or profession um, or achieving certain things for yourself, all that comes from somewhere, right? And, and in my personal story, <clears throat> there is a huge like, the idea of not being there to, to support and protect loved ones. Like that goes back to, to, and I'll never, I was five, six years old. I witnessed a horrific trauma as a child and I, I saw my aunt get shot in the face, right? Right in front of me. Oh, so right. you take that and then you understand as you're going through the life course and you're working on the self mastery side, why do I do what I do? Right. And I don't think about it every day at a conscious level, but it's no. there. Oh, it, it's created an entire blueprint, right? Of models and why and where that comes from. And so then yeah. you look at, gosh, why'd you go study trauma? Like what, what was well, go deeper. Right. Yeah. And so, but that's the work, right? That's the work that I love to see people do because man, when you do, you really start yeah. to understand the moments and there's only typically a handful in your life, right. That really are defining pillars. Right. And they yeah. set you on a trajectory. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's beautiful to watch too. It's just like when you're working with people and you're peeling those, I, I call them onion layers. You just peel yes. it till you get to the exact trauma. And, uh, and it's just, you learn something new every day with everybody, but yeah, it's scary. 
What, um, how do you find balance in life with everything that comes at you? Family, work, everything else yeah. you may be on the way. How do you uh, yeah. how do you find your balance? So, you know, I have found my my thing, my jam is it's always a question of what is what is the balance between the physical, mental, social and spiritual. Right. And I have to feed every bucket on a regular basis. And I can tell immediately, like when I'm slacking on the workouts. Right. And it's not about, you know, working out to become buff or anything like that. It's just it's working out for stress. <laughs> and, yeah. Right. It's yeah. Just, a homeostasis from a neurohormonal production perspective, right? Like I, I want those endorphins, right? I want to make sure that the serotonin, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I think for me, um, really going through and understanding that, recognizing the red lines, when I start to feel less patient, when I start to get a little ornery, when I start to um, not communicate as sharp, right? Or, or, or articulate the way that I'm typically used to articulating, I know that mm -hmm. something so meditation is huge for me. Um, diet is huge for me as well, though. It's a constant struggle. Cause I'll tell you right now, I love me some dessert. I'm not going to lie. Like it is, it is talking to cookies in front of me. It's game over. <laughs> it's game over. Um, yeah. and, and martial arts, like that's one thing that's been a hobby of mine for a long time. Um, and, and it's not something I do the way that I used to, but it's still, it's a lot of fun. It's a great stress reliever for me. And I actually, I, so I have this thing, right? And I don't like to run. Like, and you know, running, mm -hmm. running and jogging is a great exercise. I despise it with every fiber in me. <laughs> yeah. But I have been pushing myself over the past three months to, to train for a triathlon. So, oh, wow. it is, and, but let me, in all, in all fairness, it's a short triathlon. It's not a <laughs> full blown one. So it's a, it's a three mile run, a 12 mile bike and a quarter mile swim, right? So it's nothing crazy, right? It's nothing crazy. So it's, it's still something. Yeah, but yeah. So doing things like that, it's like I don't want to do it, but you know what? I'm going to make the harder choice, and I'm going to do it because I'm going to be better for it, right? And it's pushing yeah. myself to make those harder choices. Which, look, like we were talking about earlier, right? The brain doesn't like ambiguity, so I'm going to intentionally mm -hmm. mix it up, right, to create more uh, a deeper sense of intestinal fortitude and perseverance. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, you don't want to be complacent or get too comfortable. No, then, uh, for sure. It, it's for a bad sure. place to be. Yeah. It is. Uh, it is. Yeah. What are you working on right now? What's, what's new? What's coming up for you uh, in yeah. the next little while? Besides the baby. So, what's coming up? <laughs> yes. Baby number two is on the way, right? So there's, there's a lot of, of eyes there. And truthfully, I'm really pushing um, husband strength and wife strength um, is, has been out for just a truly a handful of weeks. It's, it's still new and, and we've, we've huh. experienced great success with it uh, thus far, but expanding the relationships with, with folks that I know it can help and can serve. So I'm doing a lot of speaking engagements, um, going over to the West coast to do quite a few uh, engagements there in the coming months. And then oh, hopefully actually going up to your neck of the woods and doing some work in Canada yeah. with it as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that really is, um, I've gotten to a place in my life where I've, I've worked <clears throat> on myself enough and worked with enough folks to understand that, there's something here that I know can, can move the needle forward for people. And, and yeah. so I'm very passionate about that. I'm really passionate about giving folks salient skills that are simple, right? Because if they're simple, you're going to hold on to them and you're going to do them. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so it's really pushing that. And then also continuing to expand the work that I do with folks who've endured trauma. Um, that's, that's also a place that's near and dear to my heart. Oh, that's that's amazing yeah and again we'll at the end we'll we'll put in the links for uh your husband's strength and wife's strength program so we can, can have a look at it and get started on 
<laughs> now, before we wrap up, I always ask this question, and uh, it's a question a little girl had asked me for a school project. She was interviewing adults, and uh, the adults weren't answering this question. She was getting quite frustrated, and, and I happened to, to answer it. So she was all excited, and she told her mom, see, somebody did get it. Uh, so I told her I would ask this question because I love, and that's another one when I was saying, if you look at the body language when people answer it, you know exactly oh. You get to see their true self. So this question yeah. is, what do you want to what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> I love I love that I know. question. I absolutely yeah. love that question. Okay, here's your answer. I want to be a park ranger. Uh, oh, yes. Yep. I want to be a park oh, ranger. Yes. No kidding. Yes. That yeah. that I have oh. It's like been the thing that has been in the back in my heart and in my mind for such a long time. And yeah. yes, I want to be a park ranger. True story. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and oh, I'd love, I love to do it, it up just... at Bam, by the way. Well, I'd love to be in Bam. I was going to say, you've, I mean, you've mentioned earlier that you'd like to come up and, and kind of yes. live the adventure side of Canada. This will definitely yes. do it for you. Just yes. spend a night you know with that. a couple of bears and make it real. <laughs> you are speaking my language right now. You are speaking my language without a doubt. Without a doubt. 40 below. And oh, yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> now, that, not so much. I'm, I'm, I'm a tropical guy, but that's, that's, I, I'll endure it if I get to hang out with some yeah, bears right. on there. That's what I was going to say. The bear will keep you warm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Oh, That's I great. I love that. So, and for, again, for anybody who's watching the video, just look at how he lit up when he said that. Park Ranger, honestly, I would do the same. Park Ranger, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, now, how can uh, how can people reach you, follow you? Because I know I, I see you on Instagram all the time, and you were talking about all the, the stuff that you're doing right now. and. Yeah. It, we get to see you in action. So can you give us your handles there? So I'll Absolutely. put them in the description. So website. So my book's website, which has a lot of resources there as well, is www.sevenlayers.com. And instead of a V and the word seven, it's actually the number seven. So it's S-E-7 okay. and layers.com. My handles on uh, for Instagram is Dr. Underscore Gino Underscore. And um, find me on LinkedIn as well, just Dr. Gino. Um, I'll pop up, no problem. And Facebook, the same, Dr. Gino. You'll see me there. Excellent. And I'll put those in the description in the comments as well so that uh, people can follow you if uh, if they want to see more more of uh, what you do. So thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Again, like I said, I could talk to you all day, but even all week. <laughs> but uh, I love the work that you do. And thank you so much for, for playing along with the, the, all these questions it's and, a blast. and giving us... Yeah, it's, it's it was it was really great to have you on, and I I, I can't wait to see what what's coming up next for you and uh, so you coming up here and say so we need yes. a lot of and yeah we need it out here we need to have these conversations we need to get people to like you say something simple but that they can actually yeah. move forward and uh, ahead exactly. with what they want. So yeah. thank you again for taking this oh, thank time. You. This was wonderful. This was an absolute blast. And, uh, <laughs> and thank you for the work that you do. You do incredible work. Um, in the short amount of time we've each other, I, I just, I've, I've started following some of the things that you're doing and it's just amazing. No, thank you. Thank you. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get uh, one Absolutely. person at a time. We get to, to yes. where we want to be. <laughs> you better so believe thank it. You. Yeah. And for everybody who's watching again, thank you. Don't forget to like, follow and subscribe to uh, whichever channel you're listening or watching from. Don't forget to follow Dr. Gino. And uh, until next time, stay safe, stay awesome. And we'll talk soon.